0: It's cracking and my dude. Ooh, that was pretty
1: smooth there, Bug. Way to get us all in here today. <laughs> I figured it out. Look at That's what that. happens
2: when you're consistently doing something consistently on the show. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is nice to have you here more than once every couple of weeks.
0: It's pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy start of Ramadan. Uh, I know how much you guys celebrate.
2: Isn't I, it like Ramadan Mubarak or something like that. I have no idea. I, I don't know either. That's why I was <laughs> asking.
0: It's also National Chips and Dip Day. So. Oh man, Buffalo. that's
2: one I can get behind. Yeah. <laughs> Buffalo chicken dip, way to go! I, I try to discriminate with my dips. I tried to get my wife to make a uh, a sausage rotel tonight. Like mm-hmm. oh, the kids won't like it. I was like, I don't care if the kids won't like it.
1: <laughs> it's not for the kids.
2: Uh, yeah. And then what yeah, we made, I age, like. I ended up not eating anyway, so it, it was like salsa, it was good fun to have
0: Queso dip, you know, bean dip, seven layer dip, uh, salsa Copenhagen. and queso
2: are what a lot of flavor. Yeah. Oh.
0: <laughs> Take me a good can of skull every now and then. That's a good dip.
2: Do the, do the old
0: eagle claw. Just... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, let's go ahead and jump into some more draft prospect talk. We've been doing this every week for a minute now, and we're going to keep doing it until we get through everybody. So, this is <laughs> the Big 12, the Pac 12, and had to throw a BYU somewhere. So,
1: I, I'm just going to go I ahead and. I'm just gonna go ahead and say, looking at the title, I would take a twelve pack over a Biggie twelve any day of the week.
2: You do like what about it? A, a Biggie twelve pack?
1: Is that like a twelve pack of tall boys? I'm down.
2: Or it's Actually, a twelve that would... pack of Biggie meals from Wendy's, going back to the what '90s when they had the Biggies though? Oof. The Biggie bags that would be tight.
0: I'd get a twelve pack of Biggie bags. Hell yeah. That's why I am a big dude in the trenches. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about some of these prospects out here in these streets. The BYU, Big 12, and Pac-12 streets, I guess. Um, I didn't plan that, so that you could tell. (laughs) But let's start with some offenses, as we've been doing. Uh, start off with the teams who had enough players to actually make their own slide. And this is your national runners-up, TCU, and Big 12 runners-up as well. They didn't win shit this year, technically. Oof. <laughs> Except for the bowl win over the team up north, which I am
1: thankful for. Look, the, the dude that I really want to talk about here that sticks out the most to me, believe it or not, is Quentin Johnson. Johnston. I think he's going to be – he's got the highest prospects in the NFL. Um, everyone's going to be looking at me like, hey, why aren't you talking about Max Duggan? I'm not too sure he's exactly draftable. Um, not very impressive, but Quentin Johnston definitely has what it takes at the next level as a big-bodied 50-50 ball wide receiver.
0: That's really been the problem with Quentin Johnson, though, is that he doesn't use his size to win like you would expect him to at, what is he, 6'3", 6'4", maybe? 6'3",
1: 208.
0: So you would expect a big-body receiver like that to be physical at the point of attack and to go up and get those 50-50 balls. Quentin Johnson plays receiver as if he is a speedy, route-runner kind of a guy. Tries to create separation instead of beating you with his size. That can be a good thing, but you need a little bit of both, especially if you are big enough to win those. That'll be something Quentin Johnson needs to develop, and that's a big part of why he has been slipping in some recent draft conversations. You know, A couple of months ago, he was the clear and away number one receiver in this class. He might not go in the first round. So what's I interesting still to me about that, to.
1: What's interesting to me about that is, again, limited exposure to him during games, so I can't really see him in game situations, but he's definitely got the power to go up and get those balls as well. So why he's not, I don't know. But a a 40-and-a-half-inch vertical is definitely something you don't overlook at. And uh, as we move on here, I guess it is time to talk about Max Duggan. We have a question from Big Ben 44 Doug, I'm going to put this on you. Who is okay. draftable, Max Duggan or Stetson Bennett?
0: Um,
2: honestly, a really tough question. I think you got to take I mean, out Stetson Bennett's off-field stuff because I know that's a thing with you especially.
0: Yeah, it is. And I was already leaning that way. I figured that was the way the question was headed. I would say it's probably more Stetson Bennett. Be, in... Large part because Max Duggan has only done this one season. And that usually scares me. Especially when his best season season isn't elite, it's really good. I don't know that I can trust that at the next level. Stetson Bennett has been really good, but he's been really good for three years now. So I can trust that a little bit more.
1: What sticks out to me, too, is exactly what you said about that one year. Um, Look, even though he went all the way to the Big 12 championship, they lost, beat the team up north, and then lost again in the national championship. There's something, and, and nobody really knows what to call it, the win factor, the it factor, whatever it is. Stetson Bennett has put that together now. You can trust that he has whatever that factor is, that it factor, to maybe scrape away a couple wins. I don't necessarily know that Max Duggan does.
0: I don't know that Stetson Bennett has either. You look at the talent around him at Georgia.
2: That's a completely different conversation, though. Uh, Speaking (laughs) of that talent at Georgia, I, I wonder how much that national championship game hurts all these guys. And I'm not just talking about Max Duggan, who underperformed on the biggest stage of the year. Quentin Johnston, who also underperformed by and large. And then, uh, oh yeah, our big guys on the offensive line—they also underperformed. Duggan was under pressure all night. Now, I'm, that's not to say that this wasn't a good team and these players aren't good. Yeah. But your last game, your last game film with the system that you know and have performed very well in, to the point that you got to the national championship. Yes, obviously the team looked very bad because of that. I think that's kind of – it's just kind of how it played out. But how much does it hurt the players as individuals? Because you can look – nothing was executed well by anybody, and that kind of was what led
1: to the result that
2: we saw back in January.
1: So I, I think with that, I'm going to go kind of with what Doug was saying, where one year scares him. I, I don't think that one game is going to scare me off, especially these top-end guys. Uh, especially when you're playing the number one defense in college football. I am not shying away from Steve Avila. I want Steve Avila on my team. He is a solid solid guard all the way around. Uh, He's actually approaching tackle size, I believe. Give me a sec to confirm that. Yeah, and 6'3", 332. Yeah, 6'3", 332. He would make a very good uh, offensive tackle if that's what they want to do, but in other words, you're looking at this. He has some experience at center, teach him to play tackle a little bit. Now you've got a guy with five position ability on your offensive line, and he's good at it. That's that's a solid situation. Steve Avila is definitely going in the first round.
0: Well, I think got Allen Alley
2: that's got similar measurables as
0: well. Yeah. Yeah, Steve Avila is the better athlete of the two, definitely, and that'll help his draft stock. I want to say, too, though, when we're looking at TCU, Georgia, I really don't see a world where anyone is surprised if TCU loses that game by 28 points. Yep. The reason everyone's surprised is because they lost it by 42 instead of 28. Who gives a shit at that point? It's the same effect, right? Yeah. Honestly, that game went about as everyone expected it would. Just this, the final score was startling because it was so high for Georgia. TCU couldn't, but score. nobody, everybody saw that TCU wasn't going to be able to hang with Georgia. Yeah, I mean, we we said that at the beginning of the season, it held true to the end. Even though TCU was still surprising in their conference, there's nobody in the Big Twelve that could match with Georgia. We knew that already, so Not I much. don't necessarily hold that against the guys. <clears throat> Steve Avila has been getting some love because of his athleticism and because of his size for a potentially being the first or second interior offensive lineman off the board. I agree with you bug that Alan Ali is probably more deserving of some hype than he's been getting from anywhere. But Steve Avila is really good. So we're looking at an early day two guy there at the latest.
2: Steve Avila well, might find himself in the first round. It looks like Alan Alley just didn't do a bunch of stuff at the combine. Like he did a vertical. We don't have any uh, any measurables for any or any scores or times or anything for anything else.
1: Now, what we don't <laughs> have in our tracking chart, though, is how they looked in the on-field stuff. Uh, I have some comments for some of the offensive linemen later, depending on uh, how I remember them. To be honest with you, but that's one thing to keep in note too. It's not all about the the measurables and the the off the field workouts. Sometimes it, it comes down to the on the field workouts as well. But you're right. Only jumping a vertical as a center, I that doesn't tell me anything, frankly.
2: Right, and with his with his size and his measurements like he a lot like steve avila he could bounce around pretty much anywhere you really wanted to put him on the offensive line and he's got all that experience at center which is invaluable in the nfl with this, the way players get hurt i'll yep. say he's played
0: center almost exclusively in college smu transfer uh only with TC this past season but played center all of their games this year so pretty interesting prospect there honestly it's uh They're both of these guys are big for the interior. They're a little bit small for the the tackle spots, though. So it's like where do you exactly do you put them? Where exactly do you want to develop them? I would still draft Ali. But what what tier
1: what tiers do you have in their respective positions for Darius Davis and Kendra Miller, though? Those guys are hard for me to place right now. I'm not Again, this the absolute top of the running back side. We're going to talk about the number one running back in the draft here yeah. coming up later it is absolutely nuts. But you get to the middle tiers, and and it, nothing really sticks out to me. And then Darius Davis, I think, is just getting washed down in what seems to be a heavy pass catcher class, let alone just wide receivers.
0: Yeah, and even especially, you consider he's five foot eight. That hurts yep. you too. He might get drafted simply as a returner. That four three six helped him a lot. But yeah, I don't see him being a draftable, legitimate wide receiver prospect. Kendra Miller. He's a day three running back. I could see something coming out of him, but it's He's, he's got not better
2: wide yet. receiver measurables than Darius <laughs> Davis. Right. Yes. Yes.
1: All right. What do we got up next?
0: Next up is mm. UCLA, the fighting Chip Kelly's. <laughs>
1: uh, I would love and- for Jake Bobo to get drafted just because he's from Massachusetts, but he's not it from what I've seen, he's not exactly a draftable wide receiver prospect right now.
0: Yeah, his name's Bobo. You got a draft a guy with the name Bobo. <laughs> I actually <laughs> I like I like Jake Bobo and was watching his combine actually ran the routes pretty dang well with the best of them. I was surprised at that because I hadn't really seen him do that well when he was on the field for UCLA. Uh, Just the, the cuts in his routes were a lot cleaner. Maybe that's something he's been really working on and something clicked finally. I don't know. But Jake Bobo, yeah, you're right. It's end of day three if he gets drafted at the same time. I'm curious to see what he does. And he definitely has the size to be an interesting prospect.
1: No, absolutely. I mean,
0: anytime you can get a six foot four receivers. Yeah. You're, you're
1: kind of jumping on it. What do you guys think about Dorian Thompson, Rob uh, Robinson? I've, I've got him my board. I kind of have him in that mid to late day two range, just based on the quarterbacks and team needs. But what, what are you guys thinking? I doubt he gets drafted. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> I so let me let me justify that because his measurables aren't great. His athleticism in this class aren't fantastic. But what he was doing at UCLA for a while this year, I think, is going to turn some heads and might be enough to get him drafted. Uh, especially when we saw well, Malik Willis was nuts, but so, some of the guys that were going last year, granted, a weaker quarterback class in the third round, knowing where quarterbacks are valued, that's kind of what I'm thinking.
2: He's gonna look great in the XFL or USFL.
1: That's yeah, fair. Yeah. I, think,
2: I think that's really where he's going. And
1: no, he, and we, it's not to say
2: that he had a bad career at UCLA either. I mean, right. this kid worked his ass off and yep. right. came back for a fifth year to try and help himself and then just kind of perform the same as he did in 2021. Now, I, you want a day-two athletic quarterback,
0: go out and get Hendon Hooker. That's fair. Dorian Thompson-Robinson is not that level of passer. Yeah. Valid. Zach Charbonnet is, however, a day two prospect. 100%. Early He's, day two running back. He is probably... Number
1: three? Yeah. He's behind... Years behind Bijan John Robinson. He's behind Jameer Gibbs, so I've got him at number three.
0: He's like right next to A-Chain out of A&M. Yeah. Um... Uh, I mean, yeah, he's the very top of tier two running backs. Yep. Zach Charbonnet does a little bit of everything. He is not as good as as a pass catcher as the guys at the top are. That versatility limitation also limits his draft stock.
1: That's the reason he's not a first rounder.
0: Pure running ability, he's a first rounder. I mean, he's, that's he's great at it. And he's Powerful. a big,
1: yep, I was just going to say six foot, Two fourteen, that is a punishing runner in the making.
0: And moving six foot two fourteen at a four five three, that's pretty good.
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent. That's a freight train.
0: The only guy we haven't talked about yet, John Gaines, the second another one of these bigger interior offensive line prospects, six four three oh three for him. I don't know that he gets drafted. But one of those, again, pretty so, – yeah, like an interesting prospect simply
1: due to his size. Where John Gaines is going to get some, some love, and this is a scheme-specific type of thing, Chip Kelly is famous for the way he uses that read option, the way he gets his interior offensive lineman outside moving. You're moving mm-hmm. 303 pounds at a 501.40. That's a big man getting somewhere quick. Uh, so he he has that athleticism. You're going to see that a lot of the, a lot out of these UCLA, even a lot of these Pac-12 actually uh, offensive linemen. Is they are big and they can move. Uh, that a- athleticism is probably top tier for offensive linemen throughout the Pac-12. I think that's going to help him. But I'm with you. I don't quite know that he he's much more than a day three guy.
2: And here's yeah. another thing worth mentioning too. When we talk about Dorian Tomlin. And- Thompson Robinson a little bit. His shuttle was 0.01 seconds faster than John Gaines, and his three <laughs> cone was only 0.3, 0.03 seconds faster than John Gaines. So everything you just said about him being able to move around and pull effectively, 100 true yep. and true in his underwear too.
1: <laughs> God damn it! I had to That's what we need to see
0: of the underwear Olympics. That's the most important part. Can they move in their
2: undies? Yeah. Can their dick not fall out? Y'all remember that? Dude fell during the 40 and he's laying on the ground. He's laughing. He's like (laughs) messing with himself. And I was like, what's going on? He's like, my dick fell out. Thank (laughs) God he was mic'd up for that because that was fantastic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's push it on. Who we got next?
0: Next is the the Mormon squad.
1: (laughs) All right. I'm not going to lie. When I was filling this out, actually when I first saw some of these stats coming through, I became a low-key uh Blake Freeland like fan. The man I don't is think there's huge. anything low-key
0: about it. You are a very high key
1: Blake Freeland fan. <laughs> um hold on, I gotta pull up his stats. I gotta keep scrolling around, my bad. Uh the man is massive. So to speak, uh, 6'8, 302.
2: No, so to speak, he is massive.
1: <laughs> he's moving at a sub five pace. He can jump 37 inches because that matters. Um, again, but very unrefined talent from every. I mean, BYU always turns out decent offensive linemen. Uh, and yeah. with the offensive lineman in this class, I think he's going to be a day two guy, if anything, but for his size and athleticism, he's a workable talent.
0: I'm more. Day three, I would suspect. There are some better talented tackles in this class. Also need to consider, we joke about it, but he legitimately is a Mormon and did go on his mission, and he is 25, 26 years old. Oh, that's fair. That
1: changes matters. Yeah, that matters.
0: There are younger and technically better, not as in like, legitimately the technique of the game better. Offensive tackle prospects in his class. Yeah. so He's huge though. I know you love huge guys. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Jaron Hall is a quarterback I perceived, used to, past tense, as extremely similar to DTR in a little bit of a mobile guy, tough guy, but probably not really draftable. I have since seen a lot of hype around him for some reason that I'm not entirely sure where it's coming from.
2: Cause the FCS he might
0: type be, him. he might end up being a mid day three quarterback. And I don't know that I would hate that, but wouldn't love it. I wouldn't necessarily want Jaron Hall as my backup quarterback. But uh, we'll see.
1: I mean, Miami just signed Mike White, so I might be interested in Jaron Hall. Mike White's the fucking goat. What are you talking about?
2: You better the hope to gets hurt despot. again, just so you can have Mike White playing quarterback for you. you go undefeated yeah. the rest of the way and get yourself a ring.
1: Puka Nakua? Oh. Is that how I say it?
0: I like to call him Puka Nuka, and I know that's not right, so go ahead. <laughs>
1: Whatever you said is <laughs> I said Puka Nakua. Um, Puka
0: Nuka. It's
1: way more it fun. It seems like another, honestly, just just looking at it, BYU this year didn't come out like everyone thought they were going to, and I think a part of that was losing Zach Wilson. He looks like just another mid-wide receiver to me. Nothing super special. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I've seen some day three talk for him, but I don't expect he'll, mostly because of his performance at the Senior Bowl, yep. which was pretty great i don't think there's been too much other conversation around him like mid-season there wasn't much 6-2 yeah. guy though i mean you you like that somewhat bigger bodied receiver i mean even a 6-2 there aren't too many receivers that much bigger than that so
2: you no know, that's fair potential yep Moving right along, though, we have our first disgusting slide of the week. And for the record, all of the
0: rest of them will be this gross or more gross, potentially. Okay,
1: hold it's on. an
2: abomination to the Lord.
1: No, no, Ben, you haven't seen the joke on the slide. <laughs> Look oh, at all I the pictures. Side. <laughs> um, all right, I'm just going to start there because this is the one man I am taller than. <laughs> yeah. Deuce Vaughn measured in at a very concerning NFL height of five foot five at running back, uh, and he doesn't have the excess weight that you expect for a running back that small. Uh, at one seventy nine, his he's a talented running back, but his size, I don't know
0: five, five, 179 ain't too bad actually, like height to weight. Yeah, but ratio. that's not going to
1: help. That's not going to help you against our Frank Andre later at nose tackle, um, who. It's almost double your weight. Um, I didn't say when that game though. over him. <laughs> the my thing with Deuce Vaughn is he's a talented running back. He's shifty. His size is going to be a concern. I don't know if he's draftable at this size without the no, Texas one that game. My bad. Without the additional um, skill set that you're looking for for somebody to make up for their height.
2: Shit. He's shorter than Kyler Murray. He's shorter than me. That's impressive.
1: I'm five six.
2: Are you though? You it's were not to what it said six. on Tinder.
0: Hey. So,
1: hold on, hold on. <laughs> I can say sometimes the Air Force measures me in at five six and a half, or a five five and a half. But if the uh, combine can count the half inch and not give it to fawn then I'm good. I'm five five and a half. That that half-inch matters, I'm telling you.
0: (laughs) Moving on. Connor (laughs) Galvin's a pretty good offensive tackle prospect. Uh, A little bit light at only 293. I'd like to see him add another 15, 20 pounds. But that's definitely doable, NFL weight room.
1: Yeah, it's going to take a couple years to get him there, though, if I remember right. We were talking about this yesterday. Yeah, I have him dirty bulk said.
2: and and keep you know keep I, him in the weight room, keep him working out, and have him dirty bulk. Well, it's fine. So,
1: so here's the thing: I'm I'm used to like doesn't matter who it is, but I'm used to the offensive linemen with their bellies hanging out. But at six seven two ninety three, there ain't no belly to hang out. Like, and that concerns me for a tackle. But again, it's nothing he can't bulk with through. In NFL offseason or two,
2: fuck it, put him at tight end. Don't dirty bolt. Just have him start fucking running more, bro. He's gonna have brick hands.
1: hands. You, you're better off putting him at. Guard. He also ran a five four eight, so
2: <laughs> he'll have brick hands this year. But he's gonna be a fucking house next year. <laughs> uh, speaking great.
0: of brick hands, Malik Knowles is going to the draft. Uh.
2: Why?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Anyway, the receiver on the slide is Xavier Hutchinson.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. No, you didn't. I'm sorry. Oh, God. (laughs)
0: I'm sorry, Malik Knowles. I just, I'm not a fan, personally, if you couldn't tell. Uh, Xavier Hutchinson, however, I am a huge fan of. Even the picture of Malik Knowles
2: just looks like he's looking at you like, man, fuck. (laughs) Well, I deserve it.
0: (laughs) You know, Xavier Hutchinson actually thought was going to come in taller, only measured in six foot two. Even still, like we have said in previous episodes, when you thought the guy was taller than he is, that's usually a great sign for a wide receiver. Because it means they're playing bigger than their own body. Uh, Xavier Hutchinson is awesome. And
1: 36 inch vertical
0: is pretty good. You can probably get him in day three simply because of the depth of the pass-catching class this year, you ought to. You
2: ought to. That's, I'll put that we're, out there right bra- now.
1: We're breaking out the southern slang. Jesus.
2: Okay, y'all put a West Virginia player on here just to put a West Virginia player on here and make this an abomination to the Lord. There was no...
1: <laughs> Where I am going to make a whole-ass
2: slide for just Bryce Ford Wheaton. He is not worth I his own slide. No, I would have. That's why he it's don't twice make these Ford fights. Wheaton, bro, <laughs> very much. What man's got three names?
1: Yeah,
0: and it's one 40. mid-ass
2: dude.
1: Yeah, and that is one. Hold on, ran a four-three-eight. He's 6'4", 221. That's the with a forty-one-inch vertical. I know he's athletic that, as hell. But yeah, that's the big body wide receiver production. you're looking for. I give him a better quarterback than whatever hillbilly they found last year from West Virginia, and you might have some success with him. Probably one Heard of my cousins, Wall, dude. <laughs> that is one of me. my cousins. <laughs> but no, he is a big physical bodied wide receiver. 6'4", 221, jumping at 40. That The dude's going to go up and get footballs, which is yeah. what you would be drafting him for.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's... Potential there for sure. I haven't seen much conversation around him, which worries me because I don't know why that is, right? Based on his measurables, everything's there. Based on his production,
1: nothing is there.
0: Nothing is there. Based on interviews, who knows? Right? We're not in those rooms. So it, it there is potential he goes day two. There's potential he goes undrafted. Yeah. Who the fuck knows with this guy?
1: As um, long as
2: he doesn't turn into another Kevin White, whoever gets him will probably have a very good wide receiver.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Sorry, his measurables and being from West Virginia scares me. Yeah. The more I think Kevin, about it, Kevin White all I is think scary. is Kevin White.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know who there is a receiver on this slide though, who everyone's kind of forgetting about as opposed to never knew about.
2: And that's Marvin Mims. <laughs> See, but every time I hear his name, I just remember that catch against Nebraska that he caught while falling behind the defender. I mean, he's made somewhat like everybody taught, you know, everybody was all hype about the Odell catch when it happened three years ago, five years ago. Fuck, it was probably 10 years ago at this point. But I think Marvin Mims has better hands than Odell with some of the catches he's made in his college career.
1: Well, and that's that's what concerns me, because like Doug said, it's. Everyone knows about him. You know the name. He's been doing this at Oklahoma for a few years now, but yeah. the talk has been quiet, and that concerns me because he is a very talented wide receiver.
2: Well, who the fuck was throwing the ball this year? That's half the problem. Dylan Gabriel.
0: <laughs> ben hates Point Dylan taken. Gabriel. Point taken. Uh, you know who else actually did very well this year with Dylan Gabriel? Those Braden Willis. Kind of an untalked-about tight end here. Uh,
2: We're seeing a trend.
0: Really overshadowed by the sophomore breakout of Austin Stogner, who then transferred with Spencer Rattler to South Carolina. Braden Willis then kind of took over. Um, Second in the team in receiving yards this year. Not that they had that many receiving yards this year on the team, (laughs) but I was surprised to find that out because I legitimately looked at his stats expecting to see a blocking tight end because I'd never heard his name before in my life. And I have watched an Oklahoma game. So it was... (laughs) I haven't heard anything about this guy. I fully expect there will be five, six, seven tight ends taken before him but he might be worth consideration at the bottom of day yeah. three. Six, three and a half, two forty-one. 241. Not bad.
1: Not special. Uh, Definitely we'll concerning see. if you're expecting to draft him as a blocking tight end, though. Well, right, right. You know who did appreciate in value in large part due to the lack of passing yards on Oklahoma this year? Both Eric Gray and Anton Harrison. Yeah. Both grading sure. out very well. Uh, Eric Gray is another one of those kind of top of the tier two for running backs uh, mid to probably probably a day two selection. Uh, Anton Harrison, again, probably in that same range. If not, depending on how the tackles go, what you're looking for, a late day one pick.
0: Yeah. So there's, we've already talked about the top three tackles. And then there's a, there's a split, People argue how clear that split actually is, but those the next three include Anton Harrison, Darnell yep. Wright, DeJuan Jones in there too. So there's there are some clear tiers of left tackles, offensive tackles anyway. Uh, as far as right tackles go, Wanya Morris is a insane prospect. Dude has longer arms than Noah's Ark. I mean, holy shit.
1: Noah's our set of arms.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't very long, but still it sounds impressive. <laughs> no, it's uh Wayne Morris is 35 and an eighth. That is very long arms. Yes. He's also extremely strong. He's like known for being the strongest on the team. Six five three oh seven. That's awesome. That's he is a good purely right tackle. Purely a right tackle. Yep. Uh, I do expect Dewan Jones is also purely a right tackle. And the thing you Morris has going against him, Dewan Jones is an even more freakish athlete and freakishly <laughs> huge human. So <laughs> bad timing, I guess. But you Morris is a fascinating right tackle for you if you need one of those.
1: Yep. Do you have anything to add about Eric Gray? Like I said, really. tier two running back. Just kind uh, of
0: more, more towards the end of tier two for me, though, honestly. I don't know how big my tier two is yet, either. We'll see. That's fair. And this is the slide I had to get weird with on format because... I just had a couple of running backs, I had to throw them somewhere. Also, Earl Bostic Jr., Uh, (laughs) the the
2: player from Kansas. That's crazy to me, because Kansas did have a few decent players this season.
0: Yeah, but none of them were draft eligible, other than Earl Bostic Jr. at left tackle. Uh, A surprisingly big guy, I thought. 6'6", 309. I didn't honestly... I didn't think he was that tall. And I guess blame that on some Jayhawks ignorance on my end. But I was kind of impressed.
1: Look, Kansas, when there was it, Jalen Daniels went down this year, had a lot mm-hmm. of issues. The left tackle was not the issue, and that's going to bode well for him. But again, he's not really in those top two tiers for left tackle. So you're probably looking at a. Potential. Made- Maybe Mid-day you three. take him on day three. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I'm a little more generous in my grades because I'm tired of saying everyone's uh, day three because I feel like that's all we've been saying the past two weeks. Rounds
0: four through seven. I know. Are day I, know three. I know. I know. Most people, if they get drafted, will be drafted on day three.
1: It's how things. So, work. Uh, so Unumbrous is John Robinson work. draftable?
2: No, Never. <laughs> not at all. He's a bomb
0: off my board <laughs> <laughs> i would legitimately he's the type of running back i would take in the top 10 even yep. still with running back <clears throat> positional value i don't give a shit b john robinson is a difference maker he yep. does everything you would want him to i just have a personal vendetta against his grandparents that's all what His grandparents are the reason he didn't come to Ohio State.
1: Ah, okay. All right. My thing with B. John Robinson, like the dude's, the, like you said, the entire package. And I'm going to put this in one statement, my assessment of him. Texas has not looked very good in most situations all year uh, for the past couple of years. But B. John Robinson Just has always
0: looked good. Texas has not looked good in most
2: situations.
1: Okay. Okay. The only team, John Robinson has always looked good.
2: The only team in the top 10 that I'm seeing here <laughs> that wouldn't draft a running back or isn't in a position where it makes a shit ton of sense is Vegas and maybe, yeah, it's Vegas. Everybody else, any one of these teams could draft a running back and it would make sense. Are there other the needs? Panthers
0: imagine the panthers traded up to number 1 overall for Bijan fucking Robinson for Bijan, Ro- yeah. No. Imagine the it would, it
2: wouldn't make it wouldn't make sense in the sense that there are other needs. <laughs> well, and they just sign Miles have Sanders running back need. Yeah. Every imagine- single one of these teams has a running back need except for okay. Vegas though.
1: Imagine the They're bears gonna... traded down to take B. John Robinson. Oh man,
2: that would actually be cool. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right, so, you mentioned the top 10 picks, man. I, I'm so, telling you, Vegas is the only um, one that well, I, has
0: zero chance of taking a running back. I fully expect he will be taken at the back end of the first round. I'm saying yep. he is a top 10 talent in this class. Put it that way. Right, right.
1: What do you think of his uh, his running back partner here, Roshan Johnson?
0: Honestly, very top of tier three, potential bottom of tier two running back for me. Very different style of running back doesn't catch shit, but he <laughs> throws hands and beats people up on the field in a respectful manner within the bounds of the rules, which I very much enjoy.
1: <laughs> I was gonna was gonna ask like how redefining respectful manner because Derek Henry throws people on the ground and throws hands on the field very very, dis- very disrespectful, but within the bounds of the rules, so. <laughs> Derrick Henry
0: baptisms are very respectful affairs.
1: <laughs> Everybody is invited to join in on them.
0: <laughs> no, Roshan Johnson is a fun player to watch, and he is much better than people give him credit for because he's behind Bijan Robinson. If this were Roshan's backfield by himself, I do firmly believe he would still be running for 1,200-plus yards, which... Doesn't have the pass catching ability as a running back. Roshan Johnson is outstanding and definitely the second best running back on this slide. Unfortunately, <laughs> the thing
1: with him for,
2: Sh- for rodrick Thomas Thompson, <laughs> right? Six <Great>. foot
1: two, <laughs> six foot effectively two twenty is big. That's linebacker size. I know. So it's great. he and he hits like one two. So he's going to be coming in with the punishing hits.
0: And yeah, he smells like one two.
1: I don't think you can say that.
2: Why not? I just did.
1: All right, fair enough.
2: There's just nothing about Sherodrick Thompson that just wows anybody.
1: I, I have concerns about his speed. Look, a 4.67, again, faster than I can run, but that is not good for an NFL caliber running back. And then his size isn't anything special. It's kind of right in the range of where you'd want. He'd almost runner. be
2: better at playing he'd almost be better playing in the slot.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, I wouldn't hate that. <laughs> I don't know how he's catching passes, but
2: we'll find An out. Abomination to the Lord. An absolute abomination to the Lord. We have duck face <laughs> beaver carnage, aka the Civil War going on here. Yes. Disgusting. <laughs> yeah. You should be ashamed. Uh, all right, so I'm, I'm not ashamed.
1: I th- there is one guy here that I do remember how he ran at the combine, uh, not ran, but uh, had on field workouts at the combine that really turned me off from him. And I don't know how you guys feel about him, but TJ Bass does not look effective. He looks like an unbalanced offensive lineman. Can't keep his feet underneath him when moving. That's a big concern for me, especially for an interior guy going into the NFL. Um, I don't care what his measurables are. I don't that that stuff great and all, but if you can't maintain balance as an offensive lineman, I have a lot of concerns. And I saw it in the change of direction drills that they do, the shuffling drills they do. I don't know. What are you guys thinking?
0: As much as Oregon has worked on their offensive lines recently and like really made that a strength of the team, they are good college offensive lines. And I'm really... Not certain that any of these guys will translate to the NFL very well off the bat. That is not at all to say that they won't develop into hall of famers. Who the fuck knows right now? I wouldn't take any of these guys before day three, Uh, except for Luke Musgrave. That was a different conversation. (laughs) Luke Musgrave. Potentially. Uh first round pick.
1: I was gonna say he's in the back end of that tier one of tight ends we keep talking about, so to speak.
0: Yeah. There is a concern. He was hurt a lot of this past year. Um medical seems to have cleared him, at least at the combine. Everything seems to be okay, as far as we know. He's An impressive receiving tight end. and
1: He's got the speed to back it up, too.
0: The thing that hurts him, as far as being a potential first-rounder, there is probably a better receiving tight end that we haven't looked at just yet, but is is in this set of slides that is probably also a first-round pick. There is a tight end out of Notre Dame who does a little bit of everything, who we talked about last week. Uh, and then there's Darnell Washington, who
1: freak of nature, Darnell Washington. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Look, 6-6, 253, and the dude's running a four six one. He's going to find a home, and he's going to be used in year one. The question is, is he a day one or early to mid day two pick? Either way, this is a you're not going to be upset if your team drafts Luke Musgrave. Right.
0: It's most likely he ends up going in round two,
1: in yep. part because of positional value,
0: and be in part because of, you know, it depends on which tight end you like better at the time. But it only takes one team, and yep. I certainly think there is a world of possibility where Luke Musgrave goes a lot earlier than people are thinking. That's fair. Um, looking at you, Green Bay Packers.
2: Yeah, they did just get rid of Tunyon. That was awful nice of them.
0: And if they have a second first round pick, thanks to the self proclaimed the best, best player in franchise history, going to the, the New York Jets. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> Anywho. Let's get on down to Stanford and USC.
1: Another Great explanation slide. of a slide. Great slide. Also, Travis,
0: man. Travis Dye used to play for Oregon, and that's still I messes knew that. with my head. Yep.
2: That's such a beautiful mustache, though.
0: It really is. That makes him draftable for
2: sure. Draftable on mustache alone. <laughs> uh Obviously, I want to talk about Andrew Voorhees, but I kind of want to save that for the end here because there's a lot right. to get into with that. But Jordan Addison's another guy that I feel like has climbed up boards as far as wide receiver goes. Really, oh, since yeah. we started entering this draft, like mock draft time of the year. Because, uh, I, you know, before we really start talking about mock drafts and the draft in general, he was a great wide receiver. And then all of a sudden, some boards get released. Todd McShay and other guys and Mel Kuyper start releasing their big boards. And look, what do you know, Jordan Addison's number two or three as far as wide receivers go.
0: To be fair, he was receiver of the year last year at Pitt and then went to USC and did almost the same exact thing he did at Pitt.
2: Just <laughs> on the he West said, Coast where nobody's watching him because the Pack 12 right. was bullshit.
1: I was going to say, and that might be it too, is he felt a lot – like I did not see the hype around him at the end of this year as I did last year. And frankly, I would have expected a step forward between Kenny Pickett and Caleb Williams. Um I, I remember all of the hype last year for his, where's he going to transfer to watch. Um, and then his combine results, definitely a little bit lower than I would have expected, especially on his speed. I know he's known for his speed. He just did not, did not run well. Uh, 4.49. It's not slow. For the average human being, but when you're looking at a five eleven wide receiver that's known for their speed, you're usually looking in that sub four four category.
2: Well, I'm that's sure the hoping. crazy part. That's the crazy part. Is I don't feel like I feel like he's kind of almost he's been uh, unstoppable as far as the draft goes. Like the combine didn't hurt him. Being at USC, which is a historic program, deserves a lot of credit and respect in that you know in that nature. But being on late night and people not really being as familiar with him this year didn't stop him. I mean, I I don't want to say there's too much hype around the guy because like I said, nobody was really talking about him during the year. Everything was focused on Caleb Williams. But it's just, it's wild to me that he had you know a quiet season and then is just like, oh yeah, everybody needs to be looking at him if they need a wide receiver. So it sounds like Three dudes hating on Jordan Addison right now. I do want to
0: change that a little bit because I do think he is worthy of a first round selection. Yeah, uh, Jordan Addison is the best route runner in this class, and there are a lot of good route runners in this class. The good thing about being a excellently skilled tactician of a route runner is that you do not need four three something speed. It's good to be under four or five with that ability. Uh, There are some excellent wide receivers in the league who ran 4-6. You know, there's nothing stopping him from being phenomenal still. Yeah, And he has shown most of everything you would want to see out of a true top-tier receiver talent. And same thing we talked about with Max Duggan. He only did it one year. Jordan Addison has now done this two years in a row of and extremely high production at two different programs with two different coaches, with two different quarterbacks. Jordan Edison is a fast learner and yet comes in already knowing his stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's perfect. So I, I understand the concerns and I understand. Yeah. Production wasn't exactly the same. He didn't go for 1400. It was only 1200 yards. Who gives a shit at the end of the day? This man is a fantastic wide receiver. I personally would not take him as the first receiver off the board. He's not my favorite style of receiver. Some team will love him and will fit what they're looking for at wide receiver. And he will be a first round pick.
1: I want to kind of pivot here because I agree with, I know I was the one talking him down, but a lot of that was just I hadn't been hearing about him as much. I do kind of want to pivot to the wide receiver that as I was filling out his combine results, including his height and weight, I had to stop halfway through the next guy and go back. Um, Elijah Higgins is big for a wide receiver at 6'3", 235. Um, Not your fastest guy out there, but he doesn't need to be. Again, another one of those physical outside wide receivers. That are going to get up, climb the ladder, and get you that football. Does that translate to the NFL? Is he a draftable prospect? Like 235 seems to be too heavy for me for a wide receiver. How fun would it be for him to move to tight end? That's
0: exactly what, what I was thinking. Stanford is so good at producing tight ends. <laughs> it's like Stanford and Iowa, man. They're the the two tight end Us. <laughs> We just saw Cody Latimer do it. Put yeah. on a little bit more weight. Go be a tight end.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm saying, here's man. How you, here's how you kind of attempt to block.
0: Well, I mean, it's not like Stanford was throwing the ball all that much anyway. <laughs> so he knows how to block. He's had to do it several times. Same with Michael Wilson, right? 6'2", 213. I mean, he's not a small receiver either. No. More receiver-ish sized than Elijah Higgins is, but still a pretty big receiver. So the questions, of course, come in when you see these huge receiving targets. Why in the world did Tanner McKee only throw for like 13 touchdowns and eight interceptions on the year?
1: Because Tanner McKee is going to get drafted. I can say because he's not even going to get drafted into the XFL or the USFL.
0: And after that kind of a season, <laughs> why is he in the conversation as potentially the, the fifth-best quarterback of this class?
1: Because quarterbacks get over Because Ryan
2: Pace has a job somewhere.
1: Also that. Ten I don't McKee know.
0: Has he has almost the same exact resume as far as NFL teams will be concerned. He has nearly identical resumes to Will Levis. He has the height, the weight, the arm that you are looking for. His production in college is dependent on a couple of things. Scheme, talent around you, uh, the teams that you play. Like, all these things factor in. Can you turn those traits into a winning quarterback? That's what NFL teams want to bet on. Tanner McKee has the traits that you're looking for in a traditional quarterback prospect. That makes him valuable. I don't know if he will work in the NFL. I do fully expect he will be drafted and probably higher than he deserves to be. Like, this is a potential second round guy.
1: Uh, What? Yeah.
0: I'm not kidding. And I kind of wish that I were, because his stats are fucking atrocious all four years at Stanford. But he know, has I... the traits. And plenty look, of people are interested enough.
1: Look, I, I... You know what's fucked? What's that?
2: Go, go ahead, Tug. Go ahead. I was
1: going <laughs> to say, I understand wanting to draft somebody and develop their talent, right? Like, you take some raw athleticism you refine it into the player that you want them to be. I don't know if that's a bet I'm taking on a quarterback in the second. I mean, shit, look, the Packers did it a few years ago with Jordan Love, and everyone's afraid for them now. I'm not. I'm excited as shit. I, you know what's really those, fucked? It doesn't exception. seem like the Packers are afraid for themselves.
2: You know what's really fucked is that yeah. Tanner McKee's you know going to get all this hype.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And you got a guy like Andrew Voorhees who fucking tears his ACL at the combine. What does this do to his draft stock?
1: I think he recovered all of it. Most of it, because you're not you're getting a very good offensive guard, but you can't really bank on using him in the first season. So it, his draft stock's gonna take a hit. That being said, the man still went looking at it because the 40 was the first thing they did. So hold on here as I get to him. So 40 is the first thing they did. Tears his ACL stopping from that. Still jumps 29 inches, still jumps another eight foot nine, and then sets the high for this year on the bench at 38. You're still getting an extremely athletic offensive guard. I expect it to do to him what Jamison Williams uh ACL tear in the national championship did to him last year. It might keep him out for most of the season, if not all of it, but teams are still going to be very interested.
0: I just want to throw out a recent example of a quarterback who's been drafted way too high. Uh, Mitch Kyle Trask. Yeah, yep. Kyle Trask was a second-round pick with a startling, startlingly similar resume to Tanner McKee.
1: Look, 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 look. Mitch the Trubisky Buccaneers is are a number two overall known. pick
0: with a startlingly similar resume to Tanner McKee. <laughs>
1: look, the the Panthers were... traded
0: up to number one in order to get Tanner McFucking-Key.
1: God damn
2: it. We're <laughs> done. We're done. We're done with this slide. Disgusting. It's the grossest <laughs> thing I've heard all day. You're welcome.
0: Glad I could provide that for you. Uh, here's the other receiving tight end that everyone loves. His name is Dalton. You He's incredible. He is probably my favorite tight end in this class. Yes, there. I do have a personal vendetta against Notre Dame. I hate them. They suck. Uh, so does... So does any player who ever went there? Uh,
1: Dalton Kincaid's great.
2: <laughs> Just ask uh, ask the Brahmas.
1: Is is that a mullet on Jackson <laughs> Kirkland? No. Just the way no. it fades in the back, I could have sworn no. that
0: it was. Just a really shitty haircut. That's all it is. Yeah. No, Jackson Kirkland is the kind of guy who came out of high school, huge hype. And everybody was just salivating, waiting for him to enter the NFL draft. And then he played like three really stupid mid-years at Washington. And now everyone's like, mm, maybe in the third, like, end of day three, maybe we'll we'll think about it. But he is huge. And he does have... Some pedigree behind him that at least people know his name already. And
1: unfortunately, that still does help. Uh, is Tavion Thomas draftable? Dude's massive for a running back. I think he needs a position change, though. I mean, I. He's uh, probably
0: drafting a, a fullback. Yeah, at that size, honestly, more than anything.
1: He doesn't run very fast at all.
2: Yeah, put him in the slot.
1: No, And he he might play fullback. The NFL and our sheet do not differentiate based on that. It just tells us running back. Uh, So it's not splitting fullback and halfback. So as a fullback prospect, yeah, I'd be interested in that, but I don't know if I'm interested if I'm drafting a pure halfback.
0: I was about to say, I thought they did, because I know there's a fullback from North Dakota State that I can go check on, but no, he's listed as running back, too. That sucks. Anyway, <laughs> um, I yeah, everybody on this slide is kind of a day three vibe, yeah. except for Dalton Kincaid, who is my favorite tight end in this class.
2: Fair enough. Oh my God. The biggest <laughs> abomination I've seen today. Holy <laughs> shit. You're welcome. Here's the thing
0: there was only one defensive player from each of these teams. So I just, and they all run the same scheme. So I just threw them all in the same slot. They all run a 4 3. Stanford only has one corner coming out, Utah only has one corner coming out. Which is crazy. I know.
2: The Pac-12 put out like four corners two years ago. That got drafted in the first round or something stupid like that. And
0: (laughs) we have have some corners to get to yet. Uh, But Utah themselves, really young defense, amazingly. Uh, Stanford, you hope that defense was young because they played like ass. (laughs) So... (laughs) (laughs) My favorite player on this slide would be Clark Phillips the third. The issue with him at corner, outside corner, is he is too small for that in the NFL. I would be surprised if he can keep up playing outside corner in the NFL. Nickel, potentially. How high do you draft a nickel corner? Tug, you know the answer to this? Too high. Better not be better not be in the first round. That's that's the right answer. So <laughs> we'll see what happens with Clark Phillips. Uh, Coyote Blue Kelly is a potential end of day two corner. Like, he has some good traits that you're looking for there. Uh, not as long as I – and not as tall as I thought he was going to be. Only six foot. But we'll see where he ends up.
1: I kind of <laughs> like as, Lonnie. Yeah, I was going yeah, to say. I like Lonnie Phelps. He's fast yeah. dude. He's a little bit smaller. He's going to be your – Maybe a uh, two-point stance edge rusher. He's not necessarily going to be your hand-in-the-dirt defensive end. But he gets the quarterback, and he makes no bones about it. He has no issues with that. He's good at what he does. He's just very schematically limited in that because he doesn't necessarily have the size. Six-foot-two is good. The 244 is a little light, even on the defensive end, if you're looking for a true defensive end side.
0: Yeah, that's an outside linebacker, edge rusher type. I yep. mean, you could see him working on a 3-4 three, four three, four. edge rusher position. Just don't put him further, in a 4-3. Which Kansas did, so fuck him, I guess, right?
1: Yep.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> fuck him. That's why.
0: And then Nesta Jade Silvera here in his Miami polo, even though he plays for Arizona State now, or did last year. Did, yeah. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the updated picture, Arizona State. Preach.
2: Fork <laughs> <laughs>
1: That That is a much more true defensive interior lineman, though. 6 2 three, oh, four. Yeah. He's going to plug some holes. He's going to get looks. Again, probably a day three guy, but he's going to get a chance at a roster.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you have we're anything on good, Jalen Redman?
1: Yeah.
0: Not really. Uh, don't really have much on Tyler Lacey or Jason Taylor either. Uh, Diane Henley, though, is quickly moving up the boards in conversations simply because of his athleticism. Uh, fantastic, fantastic linebacker prospect because of that. I don't think he is the best middle linebacker. Out here, and he did play in a 4 2 5, so that'd be hard to do. Be the best middle linebacker when you aren't a middle linebacker. Uh, but he is probably my third favorite interior linebacker in this class. Also, will probably be drafted ahead of one of those other guys. So, like, Diane Henley is a really solid linebacker. Uh, I, I am excited to watch his career honestly like i think he's a great player
1: jason taylor i think might get drafted off of name alone in pure athleticism he's still not a great safety in terms of positional technique but he's got the size he's got the name behind him uh people are going to link him to jason taylor obviously you know since he's his i don't know father um but Again, I the production has not been there. Doug, I think your quote to me yesterday is um you that's evident because he was not invited to transfer to Ohio State when you guys got Jim Knowles. I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He did run a four five though,
0: which for a safety is pretty great.
1: Yes. And then Tyler Lacey, yeah, nothing super special. He's athletic, he's a big boy but he's not the biggest of boys, if that makes sense. 6'4",
0: 280 ain't bad. No, nah. Four linemen, defensive tackle. That works. Yeah. In college. Uh, yeah, in college. There are three... I'm six, four, There are three incredible players on this slide, and there are two interesting players on this slide. Uh... I think we should start with the incredible ones first. Get them out of the way. Christian Gonzalez is potentially the number one corner in this class. It's either him or Devin Witherspoon right now, according to most folks. Uh, I personally like Christian Gonzalez more because of his size and his range. His ball hawking skills are not up to Devin Witherspoon's ability. At the point of attack, maybe you like Witherspoon a little bit more. I think Gonzalez has more flexibility and more potential in the NFL, almost purely because of his size and athleticism. Uh, Potential top 10 pick, like maybe as high as number six. That's realistic. Uh, Looking at the Lions there, need a corner. Even after they picked up a couple of free agency too. Uh, Noah Sewell is... Also, really good. You may recognize, and just talked about the Lions, his brother got drafted, what, last year? No, two years two ago. Two years no. ago. Uh, on the offensive line, Noah Sewell uh, decided to fight his brother every day, as a good brother does, and play <laughs> as an edge rusher.
1: Well, he's uh, listed he is... as an outside linebacker, which is weird when they get into that distinction.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's... He doesn't exclusively rush the passer. Correct. He is best when he rushes the passer. Correct. <laughs> and he is a just an insane athlete, too. Uh, very fun to watch because of that. Honestly, I know Oregon still beat Ohio State when they played. Noah Sewell was out, and I wish I could have seen Noah Sewell against Ohio State's offensive line. Because there isn't an offensive line like that in the back 12, unfortunately. So yeah. that would have been very fun. Didn't happen. No who was still great. Uh, probably not like maybe he sneaks into day two kind of a deal. Like his production just isn't there. His athleticism is off the charts. Uh, the other fantastic player on this slide that I really love is Siaki Ika, who could... End up being a first-round pick, a defensive tackle. I uh, maybe kind nose of tackle. Doubt it. Yeah, yeah. He's he's probably the best nose tackle in this class. Like Six, pure three, three ability. Five.
1: My man plugs holes just by standing in front of the center.
0: Yeah. Now, a lot of times, you don't end up taking a nose tackle in the first round. I kind of don't care. If a player is good <laughs> enough, take them. Yep. And I think Siaki Ika is good enough. So all it takes is one team to fall in love as much as I have, I guess. And I love uh, that name. Yeah, it's also very fun to say.
1: Siaki Ika. Are Are we love sure it. Daniel Scott <laughs> didn't go to BYU? That's a very BYU name. More of a Cal face, though, gotta say. That's fair. Is
2: so he related to Cal Michael haircut.
1: Scott? Ah, oh, damn
0: it. No, but he's a son of prison, Mike.
1: <laughs> I don't know how to react to this.
0: <laughs> uh, here are a couple of my favorite players out of the Pac-12. In Rajon Wright and Alex Austin. And then a couple of my personal favorite players out of the Big 12. In Tyree Wilson and Dante Stills. Uh, they all play in a 3-4. And their positions made it to where they all kind of fit on the same slide. So that was really cool for me. Uh, I love Rajon Wright. He's like a day three corner, but I love Rajon Wright. (laughs) And Oregon State
1: has been so good for the last two years. It's been very fun for me. Tyree Wilson might. uh, Looking like day one grades is what I'm seeing here. Uh, more than day one grade, he could
0: potentially be the number five overall pick to the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, would not be surprised. It is also theoretically possible that we get like a, everyone's kind of assuming that's going to be quarterback, quarterback, Will Anderson quarterback. Then what do we get? And so like for the Seahawks, we're looking to Jalen Carter. Well, they Off the field stuff is a concern. The Seahawks do seem to care about that historically. And uh, they paid for a defensive tackle in free agency, like pretty heavily in Draymond Jones. So maybe go for a defensive end instead. That next edge rusher after Will Anderson is Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson.
1: Yep. So we were sitting there talking earlier about (coughs) uh, what was his name? The, the offensive tackle with the 35 and one-eighth arm. Wanya Morris. Yeah. Uh, Tyree Wilson measures in with an arm length of 35 and uh, five-eighths. Yeah. That's yeah, massive. And that's that's huge for a defensive end because as you're going towards the, the pass, you're being able to get up and swat that pass. That's what that gives you in terms of ability, let alone separating from the block at length. Yeah. Um, both very good traits to be able to have. And it seems like he has them. I wish, I wish I had more to go off of other than measurables. Uh, His, his strength is not bad either at 23 reps on the, on the bench. Well, measurables are one of the biggest
0: factors going for him. His production has been a little bit inconsistent and it is in the big 12. So you do have concerns there at the same time. The same conversation we've been having on and off. You almost it seems like NFL teams usually they want draft traits. for traits. Look at the Seahawks. Another recent Seahawks pick, like LJ Collier. The dude didn't do shit at TCU. He still went in the first round of the Seahawks because he was a massive human being. Tyree Wilson might end up being the same thing, but a actually like semi-productive Good. version of that. Yeah. Because LJ, LJ Collier's ass at football. So... <laughs> Sorry if you're listening, but it's facts. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I I really do like Tyree Wilson, and he is – I do have him over Miles Murphy as the second best edge rusher in the class. Like, he's very good. And then Dante Stills is a guy that I've just – Loved watching play for the last three years for no good reason. The dude's not really that great, but he's massive and maybe ends up as like a seventh round pick or a UDFA. But he's just fun to watch for me for some reason. Like he doesn't even have great stats. It's not like he's always lighting it up every time I watch him. It's just, I like him. Happens sometimes. It's fair. <laughs>
2: To so you, That's more than most,
0: it appears. I know. Oh, God. I know. The colors clash. I don't like this. Well, this one is really cool because we have Kansas State on one side, then down the middle we have USC, and then on the other side is TCU.
1: So kind of works. Anybody here stick out to you? Who are your favorites on this slide here, Doug?
0: I have – Three, four favorites?
1: All right, what you got? (laughs) Start with the most
0: draftable. Of your favorites. Probably the highest selection in this class out of these guys on this slide will be Felix and Adike Uzoma. Potential second-round defensive end talent there. Uh, Fantastic edge rusher. Also potential second-round guy is the defensive tackle out of USC. Tuli Tui-Pilotu is a solid enough pass rusher out of the defensive tackle position that it's a little bit scary. Uh, Obviously, you have to be good at run-stopping if you play defensive tackle at a high level, but he's getting there as a pass rusher too, and that's – Incredible to see. And then it goes down, it comes down to these corners, and I have no idea where these corners will end up going. I love both of these guys Travius, Hodges, Tomlinson. I mean, I seem to remember we were watching a playoff game, probably TCU versus Team Up North, and you were asking me, uh, Can I can I draft this guy? And that was Travius, Hodges, Tomlinson. Uh, he is very good and covers. Basically, everyone all the time.
1: Does it's, he play bigger than he measured in, though?
0: Five yes. foot eight
1: is a very concerning height for for an outside I corner. I
0: know, I know. He does play a lot bigger than that. Good. Uh, like I'm, I thought he was four or five inches taller than that. Okay. Honestly, so <laughs> he comes in with the speed too at a four four one. I know. Like, there are some things to help him. 5'8 sucks,
1: though. Yes. You got to work on that, bro. <laughs> That's the one thing he can't work on.
0: Fucking skill issue, dude. <laughs> on the other end there, Julius Brent is another awesome, awesome cornerback. In my opinion, probably the best defensive player on that Kansas State team even after I just called out how much I think Felix and a DK is almost probably the highest drafted player out of this slide. Julius Brents is awesome and he's huge. So that helps. Yeah. he's Compared to, to Travis Thomas Tomlinson, anyway.
1: Well, Well, he, again, he's got the speed. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, and he's six three. It's so. the vertical that, that opens my eyes for Julius Brents 41 yeah. and a half inches. So you're six three, but you can play up to, effectively seven foot in terms of how you're going to jump in the game versus when you're doing the vertical jump. That's, that's big that those are those 50, 50 balls that you're talking about.
0: I know I said there were four, but I actually like D winters a lot too. (laughs) me and linebackers, man, inseparable.
1: Yeah. You, you have an innate love for linebackers.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I just always loved being able
1: to go up to that second level and pop one in the mouth. (laughs) So much fun. Okay, I'm here to let everyone know that Keandre Coburn is as big as he looks like he is in that photo. Oh, yeah. Dear God. (laughs) Yeah. He is not the heaviest nose tackle we've talked about today, Um, but he is a whole lot of person (laughs) to block. Yeah. Yeah, he's
0: pretty big cuz the thing is he's not the heaviest but he's extremely close to the heaviest and he's also like 4 inches shorter. So. Yeah,
1: 6 6'2 <laughs> six 332. I am just going to go ahead and say this. This is the second coming of Vince Wilfork at least in terms of body size.
2: Failed God. physicals though. Is this the second coming of Vince Wilfork?
1: I would not surprise me.
0: That's a that's a face of a failed physical. <laughs> I know that face all too well, man. <laughs> I'm right there with you. It's
1: uh, like, just go, never mind. I was going to make a bad joke.
0: That's fair. That sums up this whole podcast today. Anyway, <laughs> uh, there are really two players on this slide that I really like a lot. They do both happen to be the linebackers on the slide. I'm sorry. Well,
2: in in <laughs> fairness, the Marvian Overshown was, you have highlighted. Well, I have him highlighted, but he's been like the one of the top linebacker prospects all year. This shouldn't be well, a, too much surprise. Are you anybody. saying
0: that because he actually is? Or are you saying that because I talked about him during the season?
1: That's what I meant by all you highlighted <laughs> him. Not that Ben had it highlighted, but that right. Doug had <laughs> talked about him on the show.
0: No, I liked Marvion Overshone quite a bit. I... Do suspect he will be a late day three middle linebacker prospect more than anything. At the same time, I really have enjoyed watching him play. Will McDonald, on the other hand, may end up being a first round pick. Now, I know this is a
1: 3-3-5.
0: Will McDonald mostly is an edge rusher. Like, I don't think he really counts as an outside linebacker. We have him listed as an edge. Well, there you go. He's not really a, a defensive end. He doesn't – I don't remember seeing him put his hand in the dirt, like, all the time. He did it sometimes. But, yeah, Will McDonald is uh, I guess that kind of makes him a scheme independent edge rusher, which <laughs> he's really good at. Um, I've seen this go in a lot of different directions for a lot of different folks like as high as the Eagles at number 10 and as low as the third round. I have no idea where Will McDonald ends up going, actually. At the same time, I do believe he is talented enough, and you know, there's, there's legitimate uh, like athleticism, ability, the combination of those two things makes you a good prospect. He's right up there at the end of round one-ish for me. I would love to see this kind of guy go to the Saints, for example. They need to start looking at replacing Cam Jordan eventually, yep. right? Uh, yep. That would be fun. We'll see where he ends up going. I mean, obviously, no way of knowing right now. But Will McDonald's is a very good edge rusher. That's fair. Probably. Oh, man. So the, there's like. We, He's we keep, grading out as years. a first-round
1: pick, too. Like, you're not coming off insane. So when I say, like, the potential rating they have on NFL.com has him grading out as a first-round pick uh, yeah. in terms of potential. So you're not crazy saying this. Um, can I pull it up and see what it says? I know what his number is. Hold on a sec. I think- so 6.41, it says, will become good starter within two years. Um, yeah. he's a solid dude. He needs a little bit of refinement, but he's going to be there. He's going to be a good long-term player, which is what you're almost looking for in the draft.
0: So, the, so I was about to go into the way we've always been saying this, is there are tiers of these guys. For edge rusher prospects, we're looking at tier one is Will Anderson. Tier two is Tyree Wilson, Miles Murphy. Tier three is a, big hunk of guys and will mcdonald bj Ogilari, that kind of range are at where, the top you know isaiah foskey those kind of edge rushers who are pretty solid like legitimate prospects they're not will anderson level difference makers yeah uh, which is unfair to hold that standard up but you know will mcdonald yeah he he's a great edge rusher And then Moro Ojomo has a very fun name.
2: I was about to say, I I didn't want to leave this slide without at least saying Moro Ojomo once. That's just fun. You know what? I'm going to join this crew. Moro Ojomo. Nice. It's a great XFL name.
0: And then we have one lone special teamer. And punters aren't Uh,
2: people, so we're done.
1: Well, hold on. I do want to say that the potential rating they have for the Oklahoma punter is, in fact, special teamer. So that, that's good. They're, nice. they're holding consistent. They're accurate.
0: No, I, I do want to say this. There are probably two punters this year I would consider draftable. Number one is Corsick out of Rutgers. Number two is Michael Turk. Michael Turk is a great punter. I also never draft punters because they're not human beings. I like drafting humans to my team. I think that's a prerequisite to play in the NFL is that you are human. Okay, Aaron Meyer. <laughs> Why
1: well, don't you abuse keep them? All them. Over the place.
0: I just don't draft them. There's a Look, big
1: All I'm saying is I'm not drafting a dog <laughs> to my football team, and I'm not kicking him either. Like, if
2: Airbud were on the board. I, I take Airbud.
1: Somebody was going to say that.
2: I would draft Airbud 1-1. One, one.
0: Yeah, I don't think the Bears would have traded down if Airbud was on the board, dude. <laughs> I think you gotta take that. They, they
2: draft him true. and put him at tight end.
1: Best wide receiver out there for, for Justin Fields. <laughs> oh gosh. God, what Anywho. is happening to Hollywood? Those were such good movies and creative when they started. Were they?
0: Do you just remember them fondly because you were like six? That's that's what it was. (laughs) So that is the Big 12, the Pac-12, and BYU as far as draft prospects. Now, all of those guys that were up on the slides did get combine invites. Doesn't mean they all participated, uh, but they all got combine invites, which is kind of how we narrowed this down. The next time we do a prospect preview series, which will be two weeks from now, uh, because next week is a mock draft. Anyway, touch more on that in a second. The next time you see this in two weeks will be a whole lot of dudes who did not get invited to the Combine because they don't invite too many Group of Five guys or FCS guys. And there or are some Division dudes that we guys. really want to talk about. So, well, I don't even know much about the Division Two guys.
2: I do have my limits. That's fair. You're you're not yeah. Bill Belichick knowing about Cole Strange is what you're saying. I mean, Cole Strange is in my wheelhouse, but
1: that was FCS, like, wasn't it? Yeah,
0: F- was he FCS? He went to Chattanooga.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. I
1: don't know why I thought it was D two for some reason. Hell no. Were that surprised when he was drafted?
2: I I remember. I remember Doug being completely hammered just being blown away that that happened. He almost fell Doug, out of his chair. We,
1: Doug, what if I told you Cole Strange was drafted? I don't no. remember this. It's not effective
0: on me. I can't help you replicate the joke. <laughs> I don't remember. We know you don't. We
2: were
1: there. <laughs> we have video evidence, though. We can go find it.
0: Anyway, back to my point <laughs> we will have a bunch of guys who did not get invited to the combine next time we do this because we're talking about group of five. FCS, the smaller independents, a.k.a. not Notre Dame and BYU uh, couple of Division II guys as well you know, the Shepard quarterback because he exists also there's a guy out of Canada apparently that's people are talking You're about gonna play in the CFL. I don't think we going to talk cares? about him fuck Canadian players
2: let him play Canadian whatever. football
1: He's going to come down a, wondering why there's only 11 guys on the field. Doug Flutie. What he was He at the, least played for B.C. D,
0: the defensive end for Miami, who played Cameron for years. Yeah. He kind of counts as a Canadian, too. <laughs> anyway, uh, that'll be in two weeks because next week we're doing a mock draft. We've just wrapped up all the power five guys, and it's about time for a two rounder which we'll be doing live, back and forth, me and Tug. Bug will be adding some commentary and some big old thoughts. Uh, big brain thoughts. That's T-H-O-T-S, thoughts. Bug will be oh adding God! Them. Do you have them ready?
2: <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I you have, did not know I was doing
0: this. Go get them. You, are, you will be providing the thoughts. So <laughs> let's get on that. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, we'll be doing two rounds. No trades next week, though. We'll save the trades for our big mock draft, which we will be doing live. Uh, and we'll have more details on that in a future episode. But I've been talking a long-ass time, and I am not touching
1: these fucking
2: links because of that.
1: <laughs> so, wait, that means it's Ben. It's Ben's. No, I was
2: talking about it. It's your thing. No.
1: It is not my – you guys have forced this onto me.
2: You like getting things forced onto you.
1: No! All it's a staring contest now of who gives in first.
2: We're waiting.
1: Yeah, I know. You guys fucking know I will just do it. So you just wait me out every time.
2: Yes, sir. Correct.
1: I'm so tired. All right, guys. Our links are scrolling below. Just think BDT football anywhere. Patreon.com slash BDT football. Twitter.com slash BDT football. Facebook.com slash BDT football. Instagram.com slash BDT underscore football. BDT football.com. Mailbox at BDT football.com. If you want to shoot us an email, YouTube.com slash at big dudes in the trenches in our discord.
2: Say it. Say it with your dirty mouth.
1: Yeah, no, Discord will be linked below. I'm not reading that one out loud. These guys can go <clears throat> shove it themselves.
2: And if you're watching this on uh, YouTube or you're listening to the audio-only version, catch us live next time, twitch.tv backslash Big Dudes in the Trenches. Love to see you in the comments. Uh, we interact with you guys enough. And, uh, you know, you can ask questions live, and we'll get to them. Promise that. I got a question for you guys, though. What kind of doctor is Dr. Pepper? Um, A physician.
1: I hate you. (laughs) Like, that's so bad. That's not even a good dad joke. That's just a bad dad joke.
0: Yeah, it was kind of ass, dude. You got to step up your game.
2: Nope, I refuse.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time we have on the show today. Thank you for watching and for listening. Just remember, you can't win a game if you can't win the trenches.